Father, I pray today in the name of the Lord Jesus that you'd speak to us by the power of your word. I give you all of the praise. I give you all of the glory. I thank you. Lord, I thank you that you're bringing stuff out of us that's on the inside of us. Mm. I pray you'd give us wisdom and revelation. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a very simple word for you from the Lord this morning, and it's a word that I've been preaching for a long time, and I'm going to keep preaching it because I believe that, you, that, that we still need to get it. I, and I know I'm still settling into it. You know what I've learned is the power of meditating on the things of God because you become what you gaze upon. You, you begin to emulate what you gaze upon. Whatever you focus your mind and heart on, that is what you become. And so the, the problem is we tend to meditate on things that are not good. When Paul said, whatsoever things are lovely and whatsoever things are pure and whatsoever things are praiseworthy. And if there be any virtue and anything worthy of praise, think on these things. And God wants us to think on the things that are true. He wants us to gaze on the things that are perfect and the things that are true. But we're constantly meditating on what's wrong with us when God wants to get our eyes on what's right with us. We're constantly meditating on what we don't have when God wants us to know what we do have. Now, there's a process of input and then a process of output. The process of input is actually a lot shorter than you think. A lot of believers are walking around wanting God to put things in them. God, I wish you would give me more wisdom. I wish you would give me more understanding. I wish you would give me more anointing. I wish you would give me more power. I wish you would give me more of this and more of that. I need more love and I need more patience and I need more kindness and I need more fruit of the spirit. If we are so, con- we are so need conscious as believers in Jesus Christ and we're always focused focused on what we need. But the one thing that we're completely ignorant of is what we have. We're, 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 we have intimate knowledge of what we don't have, but we're completely ignorant of what we have. And God wants to flip the script on that. First Corinthians chapter two, verse 14 says that he gives us the spirit that we might know the things that we have been freely given by God. I'm going to say it again. First Corinthians two fourteen says, now we have received not the spirit who is from the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that we have been freely given by God. If God wants you to know anything, he wants you to know the things that you have been freely given by God. He wants you to know what you've been given. He wants you to know what you've received. He doesn't want you to be ignorant of it. He wants you to be aware of it and conscious of what God has deposited in your life. And when he gives us the spirit, it's so that we might know the input so that we can bring out the output. God brings us out of things so that he can bring things out of us. Tweet that. Come on, where's my my tweeter? God brings us out of things so that he can bring things out of us. And typically when we're talking about God bringing things out of us, we're talking about him taking the sin out of our lives. Whenever you pray for God to bring something out of you, it's always, oh, Lord, take that anger out of me. Oh, Lord, just take out all that bitterness. Oh, Lord, take out all that fear. Lord, you see it. Would you just take it out? Would you? And do you know that God is not looking at that, that God is not impressed with that, that God is not concerned with that, that God is not focused on that? Instead of focusing on getting the bitterness out of you, he's actually more interested in bringing the wisdom out of you. The, the Bible says that, the, that the, the, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. 
The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. God isn't interested. God is not focusing all of his time on getting the bad stuff out of you. He wants to get the good stuff out of you. He wants to bring the goods out of you. There are treasures on the inside of you. Now, Matthew chapter 12, verse 35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. Say that. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. You got to know that God has put good things on the inside of you and you got to become a good man. And how do you become a good man or a good woman? By focusing your heart and mind on the goodness of God. When we say God is good, that's one thing. But when you say God is good to me, that's another thing. I'm a good man, not because I'm good, but because God is good and he's been good to me and he's put good things in me and he's working all things for my good because I love him and I'm called according to his purpose. And so because he's a good God and he's done good things for me and he's doing good things in me and he's deposited good things in me, I'm going to bring good things out of the treasure in my heart. I've got a treasure in my heart and I'm bringing out good things. Second Corinthians four, seven, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. The NIV says in jars of clay, we have this treasure in jars of clay. There's a treasure. And the problem is when you look in the mirror, you see the earthen vessel, but you don't see the treasure. The problem is that when you look back at your own life, you see the, the, the earthen vessel with all of its holes and its broken places and, 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 and all of the tarnishes on it. And, and, you know, that's what we see is that this earthen vessel seems to be falling apart. And it's so evident to us when we see the signs of our earthen vesselness, the signs that, that we are simply jars of clay that really, you know, when the Bible says that God formed Adam out of the dust of the ground, you and I are nothing but dust figurines dust figurines but he put a treasure in those dust figurines he put a treasure and it doesn't make sense that you would take in the ancient world everybody had jars of clay in their house earthen vessels it was like tupperware everybody here got tupperware remember when tupperware used to cost like 30 dollars for one (laughs) remember tupperware was like high class stuff man i just got my new set of tupperware now you get a set of 30 of them at the dollar store. <laughs> you know what I mean? They are so, it's like Tupperware. Everybody's got Tupperware. Now, if you were having, a, 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 if you were having a, an exquisite dinner at your house and you were hosting, say, the mayor of your city in your home for dinner, you would not serve him in Tupperware dishes. You would not pull leftovers out of the back of your fridge. And you definitely, I mean, you just would not expect if, let's say you hired a world-class chef to cook, you would not expect that world-class chef to serve his high-class meal in Tupperware dishes. But that's what God did. Literally, Paul is saying, we have this treasure in Tupperware. You and I are like Tupperware dishes. And God put a treasure inside it. But it requires faith because we have to stop looking at our Tupperware exterior and start start looking at the treasure that God has deposited on the inside of us. We have this treasure. God wants to bring it out. God wants to bring it out. Matthew 13, 52 says, Then he said to them, Therefore every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things old and new. 
brings out of his treasure things old and new. You know what God wants is for us to learn how to bring things out of our treasure. God wants us to know what we have in our treasure. The problem is we don't bring things out of our treasure because we're not instructed about the kingdom of God. And what I mean by that is you are not instructed about the kingdom of God until you're able to see the kingdom and not the earthen vessel. That is when you see the kingdom, you see that the kingdom of God is within you and you see that there's a treasure on the inside of you that you have access to, if only you would recognize and understand that access and begin to ask God to teach you how to bring it out, how to bring it out, Lord, bring it out. What I'm saying to you is that the input process is contained in your salvation experience. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you received at that moment, the indwelling of the spirit of the living God. When you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you received the spirit of adoption and by him you cry out, Abba, Father. I don't know why we say things to believers like you got an orphan spirit. Don't you ever tell a believer in Jesus Christ that he's got an orphan spirit. You might have an orphan mind, but not an orphan spirit. You received the spirit of his son and by him you cry out, Abba, Father. You, you need to get orphanness out of your mind, not your spirit. Are you, are you hearing me this morning? You've received... The indwelling of God. The moment you came to faith in Jesus Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead came to dwell in you. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about the power that called light to shine out of darkness. You see, the thing you need to understand about God's creative methodology is that his modus operandi for creation is that he brings things out of other things. You and I look at darkness and see darkness. God looks at a darkness and sees light. You see the light in there? No, I don't see any light. All I see is darkness. Watch this. Light come out of there. And light shines out of darkness. You and I look at dust and we see dust. We got to clean this up. And God says, no, no, no. I see a man. I don't see a man. This is just dust. No, 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 no. Watch this. Gets down on his hands and knees and forms a man. Get up, Adam. He brings Adam out of the dust. He brings light out of darkness. You and I might look at the wickedness of the world and see nothing but sin. And that's the way we talk, don't we? Oh, the world is coming to an end and it's so dark and nobody knows Jesus. You know what God did? He looked into the darkness of the world and he saw a man named Abraham and he brought him out. Just like he brought light out of darkness. Just like he brought Adam out of the dust. He brought Abraham out of Babylon and he brought the nation of Israel out of Abraham. He looked at one man and said, you're a father of many nations. I don't see a father of many nations. I see one man. And God said, yeah, but I'm about to bring nations out of him. I see nations and they're already in Abraham's loins. How about this? Go back to the garden and it was not good for Adam to be alone. God looked at one man and didn't see one man. He said, there's a wife and she's on the inside of you. I got to put you to sleep and take her out of you. God didn't have to go outside of the garden to meet Adam's need. He simply had to reach into Adam and pull something out that Adam didn't even know was there. And let me tell you something. Everything that you need, that you've been crying out for, that you think you're missing, everything that you think you lack, it's already on the inside of you. God just has to bring it out. Come on, somebody. It's already in you. It's all, I want you to meditate on that when you get home. When you feel like, I need this, I need that. We should not be need conscious. We should be have conscious. You have received, not the spirit who is from the world, but the spirit who is from God, that you might know the things that you have been freely given by God. God is going to start bringing stuff out of you. He wants to start bringing stuff out of you. You're still crying out for him to bring you out of Egypt when he already brought you out. 
So Paul writes to Timothy, he says, I want to remind you to fan into flames the gift that's already within you. You forgot how to fan it into flames. You forgot how to bring it out of you. You for, he didn't say, Timothy, I want you to pray every day that God would give you the gift of fill in the blank. Heck to the no. I want you to fan into flames what's already up in you. I want you to pray for the bubbling up and overflow of what's already in you. Do you wake up in the morning feeling dry? It's a lie. You're not dry. You're indwelt by God. You wake up in the morning feeling powerless. It's a lie. You're not powerless. You're indwelt by God. Reinhard Bonnke said this and it blew me away. He said the Holy Spirit is not a commodity. He's a personality. And no person can appear in percentages. He said, never again do I want to hear somebody say, I don't have enough of the Holy Spirit. Listen, I am here 100%. I couldn't come here 25% of me. I couldn't send an arm and a leg to church. There's no person that can appear in percentages. And God doesn't do that either. He doesn't say, I'm going to send 10% of me into you. I'm going to give, me one, give you one. Per- God comes in his fullness, in his totality. You are filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. When God came to dwell in you, he left nothing out. He didn't leave any part of himself in heaven. He brought all of himself into you. You're filled to the measure of all of the fullness of God. Nothing is missing. You just got to stir it up and bring it out. God wants to stir it up and bring it out. God wants to stir it up and bring it out. Now, what it takes is another level of faith. We've got to move from from fountain faith to river faith. We got to move from fountain faith to river faith. Now, in, in... in John chapter 4, what we see is fountain faith. Jesus is speaking about fountain faith. When, you, when you're at the level of fountain faith, you have faith for God to meet your needs. Jesus meets this woman at the well in Samaria, and she's there to get water for herself. And Jesus meets her where she is and says, give me some water too. He pretends he has the same need she does. A lot of times when God meets you, it's like when God came to Abraham and Abraham said, let me cook for you. And God said, cool. (laughs) That's fine. You want to give me an offering? Great. I'll receive it. I'll meet you where you are. I will pretend to have the same need that you have so that you will learn how to have the same fullness I have. Jesus meets this woman at the well and he says, give me something to drink. She says, how is it that you, a Jew, ask me for a Samaritan for something to drink? The Jews didn't talk to the Samaritans. And Jesus now flips the script. If you knew the gift of God and who it was who asked you for a drink, you'd ask him and he'd give you living water. She says, but sir, the well is deep and you have nothing to draw with. Are you greater than our father uh, Abraham who dug this well and drank from it himself? And Jesus says, everyone who drinks from this well will thirst again. But anyone who drinks the water that I give will never thirst again. But the water that I give will become within him a fountain springing forth. Jesus is calling her to fountain faith. Jesus is saying to her, there's a deep-seated need on the inside of you that no man has ever been able to meet. And we're going to see in a moment that she tried to meet that need with men. You know, when you are turning to sin, all you're trying to do is meet a deep-seated need in your heart that only God can meet. What you need is fountain faith. Fountain faith is when you come to the place where you realize by faith, by revelation, and you begin to live out of the truth that you're never empty, that you're always full, that he's always in you to meet your every need and that you are never in need, never in lack, that you've got everything you need on the inside of you. But that's fountain faith. It keeps you satisfied on the inside of you. But there's a greater level of faith that I call river faith. 
We see this three chapters later in John chapter 7. It's the Feast of Tabernacles, and the Jews celebrated the Feast of Tabernacles every year. It commemorated the 40 years wandering through the wilderness. And on the last day of the feast, they would all go to the temple, and they would take these big, um, these big uh, stone jars of water filled for, at the pool of Siloam, and they'd take these big jars of water, they'd go up the steps of the temple, and they would dramatize the river of Ezekiel 47. They'd pour the water down the steps of the temple. And it was also a dramatization of when Moses called water out of the rock in the, in the wilderness. When they were thirsty and said, God, we're going to die of thirst. And God said to Moses, speak to the rock. And Moses, well, Moses struck the rock. We won't get it, we're not going to get into that. But the water gushed, gushed out, of the, out of the rock and the people drank. They dramatized that. Remember when God gave us water in the wilderness. It was a time of looking back at when God gave them water in the wilderness and a time of looking forward to when the Ezekiel 47 river is going to flow from the temple of God. And they would pour that water down the steps. And Jesus, on that last and great day of the feast, as he saw the water flowing down the steps of the temple, he jumped up and said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers, not fountains on the inside, but rivers coming out of the outside of his innermost being. God wants to take you beyond fountain faith. Fountain faith puts the treasure in you, but river faith releases the treasure out of you. I'm telling you, wherever you go and whatever needs you come upon, you've got river faith on the inside of you. And when you come to that river faith, that river bursts out from you and it begins to meet the needs of those around you. Do you realize that the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons is already in you? Authority over sickness and disease, it's in you. It's in every believer in Jesus Christ. Why? Because God is in you. For some reason, we put gifts over God. Do you have this gift? Well, I got the God of the gift, so I must have that gift. I was crying out to God about something a couple of days ago. I was saying, oh, Lord, we need to know this. You know, we got the ABBA conference coming up on September 8th, and, and we, we, got, uh, we, we, we got, we confirmed Brian and Jen Johnson to come and lead worship for the ABBA conference. I mean, you're not shouting because you just don't know who they are. Brian and Jen Johnson are world-class worship leaders, world-renowned worship leaders. Like, I mean, they got all kinds of CDs out, and their music is so powerful. It just blows me away. They're some of my favorite worship leaders in the whole world. And Mickey, I put Mickey over it, and I told him, I said, my dream is to get Brian and Jen Johnson. I mean, if we can get Brian and Jen Johnson, that would just be a dream come true. But, of course, it looked impossible. They called us back. And said, we'll do it. Just as our location fell through. It took them four months to approve that date. We're not changing the date. But now we're trying to find a location. And I was crying out uh, on Friday. I said, oh, God, I need to know the location. I need the location. God, would you show me the location, God? Lord, we need to know the location. And I'm just like, really, you know, just passionately pursuing, asking God, come on, Lord, come on, Lord, come on, Lord. And all of a sudden, this thought just hit me. It was like God jolted me to attention. And this thought just crossed my mind. The spirit of God in me is not ignorant. The spirit of God in me is not ignorant. The spirit of God on the inside of me knows not only the location of, of September 8th ABBA conference, but every conference to come. Matter of fact, he knows the details of every day of my life. He's never surprised. 
You'll never have a moment where you go to the Lord and say, Lord, what happened there? And he goes, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I got the angels out investigating right now because I didn't see that one coming. The spirit of God within you is not ignorant. So you got to stop saying you're ignorant. The knowledge is already in you. When I come upon a situation, I say, wait, the knowledge is in me. The knowledge is in me. The no- and when God begins to manifest supernatural knowledge, we call it the gift of word of knowledge. Follow me. Listen, God wants to take you to a higher realm of possibility in your faith, in your thinking. Do you know what the gift of word of knowledge is? It's when suddenly the knowledge that's on the inside of you begins to flow out of you. And suddenly you know things. I saw it manifest so powerfully. The Clyde Conference was so powerful. I think the most powerful moment at the Clyde Conference was the anointing time Saturday. My goodness, the anointing was so thick, we laid hands on, anointed, and prophesied over every single person there. And there was like 300 young people in that house. And the Spirit, and I'm sure if everybody who was laying hands at that altar came and testified, there'd be super powerful testimonies, but I only know mine. So I'm going to share a couple of them with you. It was so powerful. Kids were coming to the altar, and all of a sudden, the word of knowledge would flow and say, you're not here for yourself, you're here for your brother. You have an older brother. I just came to ask God to touch my brother. I mean, it was like that clear before people would say a word. You knew what was going on. You're staying up all night. You're riddled with anxiety and you can't sleep. You're captivated. Your mind is going to I was just going to say, I can't sleep at night. And I'm, I'm, I mean, it was, it was so clear and so pure. The word of knowledge, when it begins to flow, God wants to release his knowledge through you. He wants you to begin to know things that you're not supposed to know, but you got to begin to believe for it. You got to begin to believe that God wants to bring out that treasure. God wants to bring out that treasure. Listen, you and I have no idea the degree to which God wants to bring out the treasure. God wants to bring out the treasure. He wants to bring out the treasure. But what you need is a new meditation. You need a new meditation. You got to begin to meditate on these things. You got to begin to say, God, thank you. Thank you. Whenever you feel lack, thank you, God, that I lack nothing. That I lack nothing. Even if your need is money. Do you know that it's all in you? It's already in you. Remember the widow with her oil? See, what we're looking for, we're still in our spiritual adolescence. And so what we're actually looking for is a handout. And we feel unloved because somebody's not giving us something or or doing something for us or fixing something for us. God doesn't want somebody to give it to you. He wants to bring it out of you. And when you're in the infancy of your faith, he allows somebody to give it to you. And those are the kind of testimonies that we get. Somebody sent me a check in the mail out of nowhere. A check came in the mail. All you're telling me is that God sent it to you because you didn't have the faith for him to bring it out of you. The woman comes to Elijah, Elijah and says, my husband was a righteous man. He died and left us in debt. And the prophet says, what can I do for you? That's the first question. And before she could respond and say, give me some money. He said, what do you have in your house? If you don't know what's in your house, I can't do anything for you. All I can do, the anointing on my house, on my life is to identify the thing in your life that God is multiplying and bring it out of you. Begin to call it out. You know, when somebody prophesies over you and says you have a gift, I don't care if you don't see it in yourself. 
I don't care if you've never seen it before. You've never manifested it before. When that prophetic word comes and identifies, you could be like the woman with the oil. She said, all I got is a little oil. And he said, good, go get as many vessels as you possibly can find. Go borrow vessels, not a few. I need you to get as many and as large vessels as you possibly can get your hands on. Because that little bit of oil is going to meet all your needs. What's in your house? You need to take inventory of what's in your house. You need to take inventory of what's in your house. You need to stop and say, Holy Spirit, give me an inventory of what you, what you put in my house. Listen, every need you have, if you've got a family member who's not saved, it's in you to reach them. It's in you. Don't bring them to church and expect the church to save them and then be mad at the church because nobody saved them yet. It's in you to save them. God wants to bring it out of you. God, stop looking for somebody else to do it for you. Stop blaming others for the situation you're in. Stop looking around and you're like, so many believers are like that man at the pool of Bethesda. Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And I have no one. There's nobody to help me into the water and everybody else has a helper and somebody to help them in. But I didn't, in my childhood, there was nobody there for me and nobody cared about me and me, nobody cares about, you're standing before Jesus. Jesus. Nobody else here has Jesus standing in front of them. You shouldn't be mourning about what you didn't have. You should be shouting about what you have. You have received the, not the spirit who is from the world, but the spirit who is from God. The spirit who is from the world would cause you to feel that you lack and would cause you to respond to that lack with greed. The spirit who is from the world would cause you to hoard, would cause you to claw your way to the top. But the spirit who is from God begins to show you the things that you have freely received from God. The problem is not that you haven't gotten anything. The problem is that your eyes haven't been opened to see what you've already received. God wants to give you revelation. He wants to open your eyes and show you, and he wants to begin to bring that treasure bring that treasure. There's treasure on the inside of you. There's treasure. God just wants to identify it and teach you how to organize it. Remember, we said that word Kyle. It means power and it also means wealth. It's already in your house. Some of you are broke and you're, and you're very wealthy. You just don't know it. You haven't identified the wealth that's already in your house. You just got to organize it. You got to organize it. Anything that you organize to become a force is wealth. Wealth is anything that you organize to become a force. Some of you, the wealth is in your mind. You got to organize your thoughts. The wealth is in your heart. You got to organize your emotions. The wealth is in your words. You got to organize your words. Lord, teach me how to bring it out. Teach me. Just begin to bring it out. I want you to just begin praying that right now. Lord, teach me. Teach me how to bring it out. Teach me. Lord, open my eyes to that treasure. Begin to bring treasures out of me. Begin to bring it out. And teach me how to see treasures in others and bring it out of them. Teach me how to call treasures. Take from my mind and heart the idea that I'm missing something. Some of you have been walking in shame and condemnation because the enemy has pointed at things in your life and said, you lack this, you lack this, you lack this. Anything that tells you you lack is a lie. Anything that tells you you're missing something is from the devil. Anything, anything. Anything, anything. His divine power has given you everything you need for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who calls you by his own glory and goodness. 
His divine power has given you everything you need. There's nothing that you need that you have not received. You have received. You have received. You have received. We talk so much about receiving from God. Receive, receive from God. You know what God wants you to receive? He wants you to receive the revelation that you have received. He wants you to receive the revelation of what you've already got. He wants you to open your eyes to the treasure. The treasure is there. The treasure is there. Come on, just begin to reach for that revelation right now. God, release the revelation of what we've received. Begin to show us. Begin to show us. Begin to show us. God, I remove that lack consciousness from the hearts and minds of your sons and daughters here. In the name of the Lord Jesus, begin to bring out that treasure. Come on, just turn your heart to the Lord right now. Just turn your heart and mind to the Lord right now. We call out the treasure. We call it out. We call it out. It's coming out of you right now. God's taking you to another level of faith. He's taking you to another level of faith. You'll begin to see miracles the moment this starts coming out. You'll begin to see miracles. You'll stop feeling insignificant. You'll stop feeling powerless. You'll stop looking at situations and saying, I wish somebody with more anointing was here. I wish somebody with more power was here. You'll even stop calling your pastor and saying, would you talk to my friend? You'll talk to your friend. You'll stop calling anointed people and saying, will you pray for my cousin? Don't get me wrong. Yes, we share our needs and we pray with one another. But I want you to, I want, instead of asking people to pray for you, ask people to pray with you. Stand in faith with me. I'm going to go lay hands on my cousin. Stand in faith with me. I'm going to go share the gospel with my sister and I believe she's going to get saved. Stand in faith with me. Ask people to pray with you, not for you, not instead of you, not in place of you. Get rid of that spirit of inferiority that tells you your faith is insignificant. Let me tell you something. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You're highly significant. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. And I know the enemy would tell you that that's pride for you to even think that of yourself. Can I tell you that the big problem in the body of Christ is not pride? I'm not saying there's no pride in the body of Christ. There is pride in the body of Christ. And I'm not saying pride isn't dangerous. Pride is dangerous. But there's really, a, a statistically, a handful of believers that battle pride. The majority of believers battle inferiority and insignificance. And even the ones who battle pride have a big inferiority complex behind it. Because you know what? If I really believed I was all that, I wouldn't need to tell you. If I need to tell you, it's because I need you to tell me. To try to convince me because I believe the opposite. God wants to break us free of all of that junk. And he wants us to begin to see the treasure. He wants us to begin to see the treasure. I say that there's a treasure in you. I say that there's a treasure in you and God is bringing it out. He's bringing it out. And I see even in marriages, God is going to bring out the treasure. The opposite is hopelessness. Hopelessness is when you look at a situation and you feel like this is never going to change. God wants you to begin to to see and to recognize that even for that situation that looks hopeless, there's a treasure in you. There's something all God has to do is bring something out of you that you've never seen before. Lord, bring articles of treasure out of me that I've never seen before. I want you to pray that. Articles of the treasure. Stop saying, I don't have that gift. I don't have that gift. You have God. You have God. You have God. We have not taken seriously how powerful the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is. We've not taken it ser- we have not taken it seriously. 
That's why we're not conscious of our priesthood. I want my daughter to know from a young age that she's got God. That God is in her. That, that Can you imagine that the power that created the heavens and the earth, that parted the Red Sea, that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that sat at, him, sat him at God's right hand, that power that will renew the heavens and the earth is living in a three-year-old? See, the thing about God is that He's content if He knows the truth. He doesn't need you to know it. <laughs> God wants you to be content knowing the truth, even if people around you don't know it. I don't care. I know you're living in a family where nobody sees the treasure in you. You grew up in a household where nobody saw the treasure in you. You work on a job where nobody saw the treasure in you. But I want you just to begin to believe. I don't care if nobody around me sees it. I see it. God sees it. God, I refuse to believe otherwise. Bring that treasure out of me. You work in the secular work world. There's a treasure in you. You say, I'm the only believer on my job. Well, that's about to change. Why? There's a treasure in you. But it's only going to change when you begin to believe that there's a treasure in you. God's put it in you. He's put it in you and he's going to bring it out of you. But you got to make that your meditation day and night. God, remove my unbelief. Remove my doubt and my unbelief that would cause me to doubt the treasure. Bring it out of me. Bring it out of me. Bring it out of me. I speak the blessing of the Lord over you this morning. The power of the Holy Spirit. And the opening of your eyes to begin to see the treasure. You're going to bring out treasures old and new. Many are the plans of a man's heart. But the man of understanding brings them out. He brings them out. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. A good man, out of the goodness of his heart, brings out good things. A good man, out of the good treasure in his heart, brings out good things. Lord, I want to go beyond fountain faith to river faith. I don't want to just participate in the treasure myself. I want to give it away. I want to make many rich. I want to make many rich. I want to make many rich. I want to share that treasure with everyone I come in contact with. Come on, just just another moment. Just another moment. Linger. Just another moment. Let God begin to bring that treasure. Let him just begin to bring it forth. Let him begin to bring it forth. He's calling it forth. He's calling it forth. He's calling it forth. It's on the inside of you. It's on the inside of you. It never left. I know you haven't used it in a long time, but it never left. It never left. You might forget it, but God does not forget. He said, I'm not a man that I should lie, nor the son of man that I should change my mind. When he gives a gift, he doesn't take it back. But pastor, you don't know what I've done. No, but God does and he doesn't care. And if you're worried about what you've done, you must not know what Jesus did. What he did is greater than what you did. His grace is greater. Father, bring forth that treasure. Bring it forth. Bring it forth. Bring it forth and release the faith. Release the faith to believe that you're going to bring that treasure out. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing. No door is closed to you. No door is closed to you. Nothing is impossible. All things are possible for him who believes. Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? He who believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. He who believes in me, 
as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon you because he has anointed you to preach the gospel to the poor. To set at liberty those who are bound. To open prison doors for those in chains of darkness. To give them beauty for ashes, strength for weakness, the oil of joy for the spirit of mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And you will rebuild the waste places and restore the desolations of many generations. And you will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. The least among you will become a thousand, the smallest a mighty nation. You will go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills will break forth into singing before you and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. For you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God that you might declare the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Hallelujah. 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 Now just begin to worship. Father, we worship. We worship. We worship. We worship you. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, God. We worship you, Lord. Come on, just worship.